I've got a headache. Do you know, the reason why I'm like I haven't had a beer in fuck knows how long. Like the reason I'm having a beer is because it's got a wee bit of calories and stuff in it that I think it might take away my headache. That's what an alcoholic says, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef podcast where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs. With me is my executive host, Cormac. Hello, Cormac. Trying to get himself hyped. Woo! <laughs> trying to, come on. Come on. We've got to do this. We're up. We're up. We're up. We're there. This week's episode, uh, bringing you a tale of a uh, blood-sucking, lifeless actor. (laughs) (laughs) No, we are covering um, the release of Morbius, uh, which happened three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, yeah. Is it three weeks ago? It's not that long ago, is it? It was um, end of March. It came out last day of March. Fuck. So pushing three weeks. I'm just, I I only went to go see it because when you said you were going to go see it, I'm like, right, okay. You you felt obligated? I did because we kind of do this thing. Mm-hmm. No way. We kind of come and talk about movies, and it's, it is a big movie. It's a big release. So I thought, well, if you're going to go see it, then I'm going to go see it. And all along, I said it's going to be shit. It's going to be shit. And we'll come on to what I thought it was in a little <laughs> while. Uh, how's your week been? Ah, not bad. Uh, trying to get a lot of stuff watched, a lot of work done. But I've been off over the last couple of days, yep. and I've done absolutely nothing. Yeah, I have been off for the last week. Um, handed the reins of trust over to somebody in the office and just left all my accounts with him. I'm like, go deal with that. I'm, I just don't <laughs> want to know. And the first couple of days, they were messaging me like, what should you do about this? And what do you reckon? I'm like, fuck, dude. All right, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. And then I heard from him, so I'm like, oh, okay, that's good. Either, either that or he picked up on your fucking uh, pansiness <laughs> and uh, he's just decided to fuck all your accounts. He's just taking them all for himself. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Is this is this John's bakery? Yeah. Paul says you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what? Bring you back in five minutes. <laughs> what? Um, what do we know then? What's been going on? You're working. I'm working. I've had a week off. What have I been watching? I watched The Darkest Hour today with your favourite Britain, uh, Winston Churchill, Gary mm. Oldman's Oscar-winning performance. Really? Did it deserve an Oscar? Uh, I think his performance did deserve an Oscars. Right, okay. Um, Do you know what me and Rachel have been watching over the last few days? What? Sword and Sandal Epics. Go on. So, you know what the Cleopatra's and Ben-Hur's and stuff? I never realised how long Cleopatra was. What, like five foot five? Take a get... Was that her penis? Oh, I don't know. Go on. How long she was? The, the movie. Oh, the the movie, movie, Cleopatra. This <laughs> is a movie, a movie podcast, Paul. Yes, we were talking about the movie. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, Take a guess. A Take a guess. Take a guess. Four hours? You're, uh, see, bang on. Four hours. And how much of that was... Like, Grippy very action. little happened in it. Yeah, no, like, there's there was, no there's, there's very little action sequences in it. All no. the action sequences come at the start of a battle and the end of a battle. There's no, there's no real, like, you know, uh, you know, what you would expect of that crappy sword fighting. 
Uh, it's what uh, I found with um, I can't remember what it was I was watching, but it was just a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of scenes of like Roman generals walking into a room and going, "Oh, <laughs> do it for Rome, okay? <laughs> Sit down, need some grapes. Yeah. I will." And uh, I can't. They don't do it from here. And why? Why? Why does it always seem very homosexual? Because, dude. What? Read a fucking history book. <laughs> <laughs> All their little skirts. They were fucking at it with everything. Anything that moved those fucking Romans, they were. Do you know what? Fair play to them. But yeah. we watched we watched the one today called A Bride for Caesar. And it was kind of like a, a, a she it was Cleopatra, it was about Cleopatra and Ptolemy. But like Caesar and Cleopatra didn't meet till the very last scene of the movie. And like they folded her up in a, a like a uh, a carpet and rolled her on the floor in front of Caesar's feet and then the last scene was one of the guys shouting a queen for Caesar and that was it <laughs> I'm sure I remember that happening in Assassin's Creed Odyssey I'm sure when you uh, so, oh no Origins when you're playing Origins because Odyssey is Greek when you're playing Assassin's Creed Origins I'm sure that moment happens halfway through the game did they shout a queen for Caesar <laughs> no, no they kind of held back on that one but they missed the trick ball what else have I been watching? Anthony Bourdain. Um, well, after Phil Rosenthal, somebody feed Phil. I've started mm. watching uh, Anthony Bourdain. Um, not the No Reservations one, the other one. I've only been watching like three series of it in the last two days, and you're surprised I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's the one where he goes to really random parts of the world and you know that shows the side of the world that nobody ever talks about. It were all these CNN bits that they put together. Mm-hmm. Really interesting guy, really complex guy. Um, but they've, I, I've been watching those non-stop I'm really into those what else have we had on? I, I watched the uh, Jimmy Savile documentary on Netflix yeah I'm glad you did because I'm not gonna it's, it, did we, is there anything new. else we can know about this There's, guy? honestly nothing nothing new really it's, it's the same stuff the only reason that this has become such a big thing is because I think suddenly all Americans have started watching it going, well, yes, oh my God. Yeah, that's that's what I was just about to say. It seems it seems as if it's been made for an American audience. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they genuinely, and you know, you look at it now, how the fuck didn't we know? Like, how the fuck didn't we? Look at the fucking hack of them. Like, Do you remember um, Mickey Flanagan, uh, London Cockney comedian? Uh, big, long sort of um, curly hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, it says, we're all shocked. Not my mum. She knew back in the 80s. I had Jimmy Savile on. She walked into the room and went, what are you watching that nonce for? <laughs> <laughs> she knew. She knew, didn't my mum. <laughs> but yeah, but it was, there was nothing, oh, there's nothing really new in it. Like, But, you know, it, it's still, and I mean this in the right way, okay? It's still shocking that there's very little hard evidence against them as well. For somebody, oh. for somebody who done this from apparently his first one was in like 56 or something like that there, like, yeah, yeah. to carry it on to potentially the 90s and there not to be one bit of evidence. It was in 2008, nine. he was still doing it then. But Fuck. Um, well, obviously, because I'm from Leeds, um, family and friends are from Leeds and that's where Savile lived and, you know, well, obviously, he's in Scarborough now, rotting. But um, but basically, there is somebody who told me a, a story, and it's a close member of their family this happened to back in the mm. 60s, late 60s, early 70s, I think it was. And this person was in the LGI, Leeds General Infirmary, and Savile was doing his rounds. 
And on those nights when Savile was round, the nurses would go around each person's bed and tell them to pretend they're asleep. Don't get up. Don't come and say hello to, to Jimmy. Just pretend you're asleep and, and stay asleep. If he comes to see you, let us know in the morning. That's what That's that was. Grim. That was to kids. That yeah. was to young people in but in a ward of LGI. So I remember. I remember hearing a story. Now I don't know what they were trying to uh, to insinuate about the fact that he used to. Um, what's the name of Yorkshire River again? Peter Sutcliffe. Peter Sutcliffe. He used We've to. We've had them all there. We've had yeah, them all. Yeah, he used to actually, you know, befriend. He befriended Peter Sutcliffe when he was in Broadmoor when he was trying to reform Broadmoor, and I don't know whether they're trying to get some kind of weird murder angle with him, but you know, all this stuff came. All this stuff came out, and nobody fucking knew about it. So it's quite fucking. It's quite highly up there that he may have also killed somebody. <laughs> It probably has. I won't put it. I really won't be surprised now. But he, this, the, the thing that's so crazy. And we'll get back to the movies in a minute, people. But the thing about Jimmy Savile is that he, people say he groomed everybody, and mm-hmm. to an extent he did. His crimes were so bad, he had to get everybody on his side. Yeah, and he had to make the majority of people believe that he can't be responsible for that. He can't be that person, and he did it. But, the, but do you know what, like. It, it, watching that, and they showed a lot of clips of, of Savile, you know, they showed a lot of clips of him on TV shows and things like that there, and the amount of times, knowing what you know now, if you'd known back then, you literally would have arrested him when he was talking on chat shows, saying shit like, they'll find me out one day, you know, yeah. they'll, find, they'll, they'll all find me out, you know, yeah. people ask him, are you going to go to heaven? Well, I hope I go to heaven, but you know, Everybody's got dark darkness, and you know maybe 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 Saint Peter will you know find out what I did and stuff like that. Then you're like, that's some weird shit. Like Johnny, like John Lydon from Sex Pistols. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember him talking to that um, the former editor of the Mirrors chat show, and he said, "Cunt face." Yes, and um, it was basically he showed a, a clip from back in the seventies or whatever, and. Um, he says one of the reasons Sex Pistols were banned from BBC is because he was saying, you know, he was throwing these accusations at Savile. And John Lydon sat there, you know, five years ago and said, told you. Yeah. Told you all. Didn't believe me. So, text all sorts, doesn't it? Anyway, movies. Let's talk about the movies with the release of the trailer of a new TV show <laughs> called Stranger <laughs> Things. Have you seen Stranger Things 3? I have watched it all. I gave up on it about two episodes in. Really? Yeah, just never bothered. Even <laughs> all of lockdown that went by, still never went back to it. Can't be bothered. I just like that kind of 80s kitschness to TV shows and movies. Like, if, if, if it's kind of got that kitsch 80s feel, I'm there. But we've seen it all before. There was nothing. From where? The ki- Wonder Woman 84. Right. Uh, but Stranger, anything... Stranger Things kind of started all that, Paul. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else to try and prove you wrong? I can't think of anything. Anyway, I just don't like the neon and the big hair. and uh, I like the 80s. I like the 80s fuck, what the fuck is your problem? I like 80s music. I like 80s movies. I don't like young kids running around pretending they're the Goonies. It, it was boring. Was it worth watching? Yeah, it really was. I, I really enjoyed it. And it left it on a really nice cliffhanger as well. Like, um, So I can't even remember his name now. It's been so long. It's been, what, three years? Is it? I'm almost sure it's been three years since season two, Burke. Since season three. Burke, Harper, 
Harker. Harper. Harper. Uh-huh. Sheriff. But he's Deputy been... Sheriff. Yeah, but like, it, it's been three years since it. Like, I, I'm probably going to have to do a rewatch of season three because it's been so long. So there's, I remember there's something to do with a, another dimension and there's nasty things that live there and a bunch of kids play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, am I missing anything? No. Right, cool. Uh, so season falls on its way. You're excited for it. You can fill us all in because I'm sure everybody will want to know. Um, and I'll sit and probably do play Wordle while you're talking about it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, let's go over to Down With This Sort Of Thin Corner. Oh, shocking. <laughs> on Good Friday. Paul Verhoeven has released his new film, but Benedetta. Well, he released it a few months back in film festivals and stuff, and this has been gradually getting out across Europe over the last couple of months. Um, but the UK and Ireland have had the release of um, lesbian non-erotic fantasy film Benedetta uh, what released. We on, all want <laughs> released on Good Friday. Um, now there is some kind of religious significance about this. I can't remember, but anyway, something happened. I can't remember. Um, and the there's been a of, of, was it the Passion of Saint Tibulus? Passion of Saint Tibulus. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, um, one Irish journalist uh, got quite upset about the depiction of one of the nuns um, using a statue of the Virgin Mary as a marital aid. <laughs> so we got, I don't know what the polite word, as a dildo. Dildo. <laughs> <laughs> dildo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she took it out of a Bible that was hollowed out. <laughs> and, took, and she Would it not and, make more sense? Would it not make more sense like to have like like maybe an attachment to the bottle of a bottom of a crucifix? Like a wee plastic bottom. And so, then, like, so it's like a hilt, like a sword. Like a what do you call them? What's them? A push pop. A push pop. <laughs> <laughs> Why every nun, every nun going into the, you know, <laughs> going into the broker house. Get a push pop. Here's your outfit. Here's your rosary beads. Here's your push pop. We all Um, know what those nuns are up to. Listen, put it like this, right? (laughs) We all know what we all know what they're up to. All those sexy nuns. Um, To be fair, to be fair, when was the last time you seen a sexy nun? (laughs) You'd be surprised. Um, But apparently, it's um, nun exploitation is now a. Oh, it's probably been a thing for a while, but uh, you know the depi- the erotic depiction of nuns and but taking like this, away their virtue. This is like you know there are maybe three three biggies within the porn industry, right? Number one, stepmother gets trapped in a washing machine. You know that that's pretty big, or she gets trapped under a bed trying to find I'm a sorry. shoe. Front front loading washing machine or top loading? Well, I don't. Know. <laughs> <It just depends. laughs> Generally, generally front loading. I need uh, to think of the physics in my mind for this. <laughs> Other uh, the second one would be a, a big black penis. Right, and third and is third. Nuns. Third one is nuns. Like yeah. I, I can't even describe to you how many porno fantasy things that I seen in my youth that uh, were involved in nuns. I'm quite glad that you're not describing to me the amount of pornography. <laughs> well, there was there was this. <laughs> but is that an Irish thing? I don't think so. It's always been one of those. What was that one? What was that really famous one? One done by Otto Preminger. Who? Director and nuns 50s. on the run. Dark black narcissist. Oh 
And it was kind of around the same. No, I don't think there was any like fingering in that or anything like. But I mean, it was like very, very you know closely erotic. And then there's been multiple ones. Like I'm sure there's been multiple Red Shoe Diary episodes of fucking you know nuns. I am very aware that I'm using a works computer for this. Non erotica. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, I, see, I think it, didn't you go to a school with like nuns teaching you? No. <laughs> Is that my racism coming through? <laughs> I went to I went to a school that had a parochial house behind it. And What's there was, that? There was always pre- where the priests live. Right. <laughs> I'm next not joking. The, I'm next not to the joking. school. The parochial house was on the playground. And that's just a bunch of training priests. All the priests. There's nuns in there as well. Like I remember getting slapped by a priest as well because he had a, an emergency escape or an emergency exit and there were steps going down and I went up to the top of it and I started knocking the door and I didn't think that he would just come out the front door and walk up the ladder or walk up the steps. And he walked up and slapped me across the face. What, like proper Will Smith, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, proper. Yeah, a bit slapped me like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I get the it's kind of the forbidden thing with sex and pornography, you know the like you say the the large black gentleman, the the, mm-hmm. the known the 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 stepmom, it, yeah. it's the forbidden fruit. Um, but half of Ireland seems to be kicking up. Well, ten thousand people in Ireland seem to be kicking off. Listen, this it is it is literally they are more likely trying to feed off the life of Brian fucking shit, trying just to make it big. I'll, I will be completely honest with you. I've heard nothing about it. Nah, we have over here. But it gets <laughs> reported by the Guardian or whatever, and uh, uh, suddenly it's a big thing. But um, I was actually quite interested in if you've heard enough. Cause I, Every time anything with a bit of bit of nipple in it comes out over in Ireland, there's heaps of people kicking off. But whatever, it's a fucking movie. But that's your liberal out outtake, right? Maybe some. Well, not even liberal. It's just it's a fucking movie. Get over it. Yeah, what about um, another incredibly? I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at the box office numbers here for uh, Benedetta. Um, Five hundred grand. No, nobody's seen it. <laughs> so I think there's more people. I think more people have complained. In fact, let's have a look at Ireland. I not released in Ireland. In the United Kingdom, as of uh, right now, it's made nothing. It's made yeah. so little it hasn't even been updated. Who, who wants to go? It, it's like whenever they opened up a strip club in Belfast and the DUP picketed outside the strip club every single night, who really wants to live with the shame of walking past the DUP to go to a strip club? And it's very much likely the same of, of, as Bernadetta. Who really wants to hassle that? It was like the other day when I went to the cinema and I I, I was, to be honest... <laughs> to see Bernadetta? No, to see Morbius. You know, you're sweating, you're uncomfortable, you know everyone's going to be judging you, and then you say, two, two tickets for Morbius, please. She just looks at you like you're complete filth and quickly buy four tickets to Benedetta instead just to try and cover it up. But, and let's be honest, if it's not a blue movie theatre where you can't whip it out, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Getting all horned up on those sexy nuns. It's like it's like Channel 4 porn. Rachel, get upstairs. I've just went and watched them horny nuns. <laughs> what? But it's like <clears throat> Channel 4 used to put on like French nudie films at two in yeah. the morning and convince people it was uh, art rather than porn. And this is what, but I think if this wasn't made by the guy that brought us Showgirls and Starship Troopers, <laughs> maybe it might have been done with a bit more tact than uh, from what one guy's description of it was hefty bosoms bouncing in the nunnery. 
<laughs> what was that? What was that fake one in the Zoolander called? Or uh, sorry, Tropic Thunder, the Devil's Alley, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that the love between Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a film we're not going to be go see, but hey, it's uh, keeping Bolverhorn on alive, so that's all good. And um, weekend of twenty first of May, people. Robocop, the director's cut, the 4K edition of it is being released in the United Kingdom. It's only, uh, I know it's on at the Audion, um, probably be on in America, but you sort yourselves. Uh, is, there but, ex- is there any extra minutes? Yes, it's the director's cut, so there is additional scenes. Okay. I don't know what of. It may just be additional bits of Alex Murphy, Robocop, walking around his whole house or some shit. I'm yeah. sure I've seen additional scenes like that. I've what I want to see is him taking out another. 17 or 18 guys in that drugs lab bust mm-hmm. and i want to see maybe that opening car chase extended by 25 30 minutes if that <laughs> if they do that for me worth the ticket price i um sticking on the religious note as it's easter sunday happy easter by the way happy easter happy easter do you, what, what oh, do wait, you... wait who's that i think that's jesus <laughs> <laughs> i think i hear a boulder hey <laughs> best best message I ever get sent, I get sent was uh, you know the resurrection really was one of Jesus' bolder moves <laughs> um, everyone's favourite Christian Mel Gibson is oh, yeah. back he is, um, he is he is what is a Christian is nowadays isn't it apparently it is actually apparently he's uh, he's been writing his magnum opus which is uh, Passion of the Christ 2 I thought you were going to say it was like uh, the Holocaust from sympathetic angle of the Nazis. Oh, God's sake. It probably would be They out. keep jumping into the pits. <laughs> In slow motion. <laughs> um, but apparently somebody has read, I'm, I, I, I can't be asked reading the whole frigging article for some guy, but apparently somebody's seen that there's a book being released, um, which is called The Gospel According to Mel Gibson. Fact, faith, and fantasy in the Passion of the Christ Resurrection. That's due for release on June sixteenth, twenty twenty-three. So it's likely a film that's not even been announced yet is ready to be released. Uh, who, this who is funding that? If, it, if, if a movie does exist from that, who is funding that? Well, according to uh, Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus in the first one, and QAnon, QAnon, QAnon Caviezel. Oh. Um. He read a recent draft of the script, and he says we're in store for Mel, Mel Gibson's magnum opus. He said it's the Empire Strikes Back of Christianity. <laughs> and it's surely, surely, uh, surely it just means the Bible, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And now, apparently, <laughs> um, while Satan only had a cameo in Passion, um, this second one is going to be taking place directly in hell. Um, we're going to be treated to Gibson's interpretation of eternal suffering. So that's what a night at Mel Gibson's house. Yeah, <laughs> what women want to. This experience will likely put Clive Barker's Hellraiser two Hellbound to shame. Horror so, hounds. So, so hold on. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So what they're doing now is they're they are reviewing it against a classic movie when the script of this movie hasn't even been written. Apparently, it has been written, but uh, nobody's read it or seen it or done anything. But there's enough of the film being made for somebody to warrant releasing a book next year. I can already, Something's going on. Something's I can going. already tell it's going to be very, 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 very heavy on 
the anti-Judaism. Oh, there'll be something in there, yeah. There'll be something in there. Of course it will. It's fucking him. And hopefully, it'll be, hopefully it'll he be... turns around the, the screen and, you know, gives it a wink and goes, hey, sugar tits. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Mary Magdalene, hey, sugar tits. <laughs> well, apparently this is like um, from another one I've read. And again, it's all rumours at the minute, but this is going to take place between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. You know, the weekend that Jesus gave up so for us. Bob Hoskins, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> Pellin Marin. Fuck off. Um All right, Jesus. Oh Jesus, you fucking slag. You fucking slag. Hang him up. <laughs> um No, but it's gonna take place and it's gonna be basically QAnon Caviezel going into hell and then getting resurrected. So so why why does Jesus go to hell though? I don't know. You've read the book. <laughs> <laughs> does it? Must have been all that. Pussy, he had. <laughs> <laughs> it's Easter Sunday, dude. Come on, fuck that. Come on. He really did, though, didn't he? He died on a Friday, got up on a Sunday. We haven't seen him since. But yeah, religion. Uh, what else have we got? Brie Larson's joined Fast and Furious 10. Yet another reason why I will not be going to see this next film. I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie since Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I picked that piece of news this week. <laughs> and then I think when you you told me that there were eight versions of Fast and Furious, I nearly had a heart attack. Well, fun to be you because there's now nine. Oh, <laughs> we, <laughs> well, yes. But... One came out last year that we weren't doing anyway. But we, you know, we're going to have to do them all. I'm, you know, what I was thinking. What? And it might be a bit of an investment of our time. But the next time I come over to see you. No. What? Just say goodbye. No, fa- sorry, family. Me and Paul are going to watch the ten Fast and Furious movies over the next three days, <laughs> one after the other. We just sit and watch it. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Brie Larson's going to be in Fast and Furious Ten with Charlie's there on and blah 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 blah. blah. I'm sure she'll be as uh, interesting and unwooden as she is normal. Netflix do all right for themselves, don't they? They do. I hear, you, I hear they're five hundred million pound in debt, though. Well, yeah, I keep hearing stuff like that. How can you? How can they be in debt? I don't know. They must pay all people money and stuff, but pay them. You literally got money coming in every month. Yeah. Like what? Five hundred million subscribers, roughly times. Well, even a hundred million subscribers times a tenner. You know, that's a yeah. lot of money coming in every month. Okay, um, so anyway, they make their own shite, I mean films, and um, they run them through an algorithm and then release them and everybody pats themselves on the back. We, they've released what their top 10 viewed films are. Now, they don't do this in, they do this in hours. But yeah. I'm sure they'll never tell us how many people have actually watched it because I'm sure that Ridiculous 7, you might have 100 million people watch the first 10 minutes of it and turn it yeah. off. But the still class it has watched hours. Um, Red Notice, um, surprise, surprise, is uh, at the top with 364 million hours. Do you know, you sent me this list, right? And do you know the first thing that popped into my head and the only thing that popped into my head really was this? People will watch anything. Yeah, if it's put on Netflix, this is like... Anything. Well, I would... I've only seen one thing on that list. 
Can you well, guess which one it is? Uh, I would guess Red Notice. No. Irishman. Yes. So I went to see The Northman, The Northman at the cinema yesterday. Ooh. Um, all right. Let's stick with the same theme that we're going to do with Morbius. A lot of very stuff I've seen all before, mm-hmm. but it was done well. But it was filmed in Northern Ireland, and my Mrs. Uncle Terry worked on the movie. Why don't you get Uncle Terry on the film on the podcast? <laughs> I don't think he'd be very interesting. He <laughs> called. <laughs> he was in. A, he he met Nicole Kidman, and I think he called her Sandy. Uh, and, and he called uh, Alex Baldwin. He kept coming. He came to me and he goes, "It wasn't Alec Baldwin, obviously for Northman. It was another movie." And he goes, um, "Hi, I met this guy, um, Billy." I was like, "Billy, Billy, who?" And he goes, "Billy. His name's Billy. He really liked the birds. Like every time I brought the birds, and he loved the birds, and blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Right, okay." I was like, "What's he?" And he goes, "Ah, he's in the whole pile of things. Billy's name. Billy's his name. Billy, I, I." And I went and looked at the movie, and I was like. There's nobody called Billy here. And I was like, Alec Baldwin? And he's like, aye, that's him, Alec Baldwin. And he started laughing to himself. They looked at me and he goes, fuck, I've been calling him Billy for two weeks. <laughs> Is that Uncle Terry with the Falcon? Uh-huh. Cool. Um, Red Notice is top 364 million hours. Again, the, you're assuming everybody's watched the film through 130 million times, but, you know, could it be... 364 million people put it on for a minute and go, this is shit, I'm going to turn it off. Uh, Don't Look Up, Oscar-nominated Don't Look Up, second, not bad. Oh, sorry, I have seen two. (laughs) Yeah, not bad. Bird Box, 282 million, never watched it. Um, Is that that Sandra Bullock one? Sandra Bullock's one, yeah. She's blindfolded and I think it was supposed to be like... um... Anyway, the reason why I said The Northman is because that felt like it should be a Netflix film. Right, okay. That would have been great on Netflix. Now, it was good in the cinema. Don't get me wrong. It was a great cinema experience. But that felt like it should be a Netflix film. And people pay 10 quid a month for Netflix. And films like these come out, which are cinema-quality films. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're getting a trip to cinema for free. That's why people are excited, because this is all they're watching. There's, you know, a lot of these <laughs> fucking, a lot of these millennials that have given up avocado on toast to save for a mortgage have probably given up going to cinema as well. So they use Netflix as their cinema. So when a film like The Adam Project comes out with Ryan Reynolds, that's the new Ryan Reynolds film. Yeah. The fact that it's bang average and does, again, nothing original, doesn't mean anything. Extraction, The Unforgivable, The Irishman, which I'm very surprised is only number seven. I thought that had a lot of stuff behind it. The Kissing Booth 2 is in there. Six Underground, which was an absolute abomination. I just won't watch any Michael Bay shit from now on. I'm very, I can't even, I can't, I didn't even know what it was. It's awful. Please go watch it. It's awful. It's awful. Go watch it. You'll hate it. <laughs> um, so basically, um, the long and short of it is Ryan Reynolds is doing very well at Netflix. You notice 100%. that none of Adam, you notice that none of uh, Adam Sandler's films are on there. Yeah. Poor Adam. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we are discussing Morbius this week, and we are going to be discussing spoilers. Not that there's much to yeah. spoil. Um, seen it all yeah. before, folks. So, look, we're going to be talking Morbius from now on. So, if you haven't seen Morbius yet, uh, please stop listening, and then obviously come back to us in four months' time when you've seen it on Netflix. Tell us, Calm. Tell us what you think of this. <sighs> First impressions, right? First impressions. Jared Leto is woefully 
woefully miscast in this movie. You know, he he has this sense. Do you know when you think or you know that people think that they're cool? Mm-hmm. That's Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto thinks that whatever he does is gold. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. He still thinks everything is gold. Yeah. Doesn't matter what he does, how he does it, what it is gold to Jared Leto. Like it starts off. There's there's so many like things that you could pick apart with this movie, right? There's so many like we intricate details. The scene, the opening scene in the helicopter where he like puts his hand oh. up against that thing and the bats come at him. I, yeah. I, I I still don't understand it. I still I don't understand what he was trying to do. He slices his hand. He puts his hand against the the bat catcher. And the bats all, you know, fly at him. See, that was a scene, and this is going to be a running theme throughout all this. This, this to me, has been chopped to pieces. It's a Frankenstein film. Um, and you can tell straight from the opening. So the opening, you know, we open up in Central American fucking island somewhere. And... Costa Rica. And, and Costa Rica. And Dr. Michael Morbius is, uh, is on his um, crutches getting out of the plane. Cuts his hand, bats everywhere, everyone gets scared, runs away, and then it's what I was expecting like six months later or two months yeah. before or something. 25 years earlier, we meet up with him as a child where he meets Milo, who he bullies relentlessly and somehow the former bond for life. Uh, Matt Smith plays Milo. Um, yeah, you're right with Jared Leto on this because. Is in this band, and it's a band that appeals to like twelve to fifteen-year-old girls that are really edgy, who all think they're edgy. You know, they wear black yeah. eyeliner and black fingernails, but they're like fifteen-year-old. You've got no fucking concept. How would you have any understanding of how what, what to be depressed about when you've never felt anything? And they're the ones that turn up at fucking arenas screaming his name, and they think he thinks he's a rock star. So he goes off and scratches his ass in the fucking desert for three months and talks about method acting and sends condom filled condoms to Will Smith and stuff. You know what I mean? And he thinks he's a, a real actor because he had one of those roles where he ended up with an Oscar. How many times has he been nominated since mine, might I add? Um, and yeah, absolutely miscast. I read, um, I read uh, two things on this. Now, I don't know which one to believe, but I read from one, uh, and I hate the term, but I'm using them as an example, an influencer uh, that was invited to set and influence people. Um, They were told they can talk to the sets, the staff in between takes. Um, They've got time set aside to speak to some of the cast, but please do not approach Mr. Leto. Uh, He will be in character, and he will be in in method character, so don't approach him. He's not going to interact with you. Now, what Part of his method is he going with this one? Is he a blood-sucking vampire monster? In which case, he shouldn't be around anybody on set because he's gone full method. Or is he playing the mild, loving doctor who's looking for a cure? And in which case, why can you not go up and talk to Dr. Michael Morbius? It was a nice guy. Other than that, though, uh, he said in an interview, I didn't really have to go method this time. It felt uh, a character so close to me um, and is somebody who I, I really related to the most. I think somebody's lying, Jared. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where, do you remember when Steven Spielberg sold the rights to E.T. to Atari and then he did like a an interview on how good the E.T. game was? 
and it was the greatest thing that he'd ever seen and the most hyper-realistic thing he'd ever seen in his life. And then obviously E.T. was literally just six or seven dots on a screen. Yep. You know, it's kind of one of those things. It's one of those fucking things that people just pull out of the library. You know, yeah, it's a character that I really, you know, connect with and stuff. Now, yep. for everything bad about this movie, right, for everything that I didn't like about it, I didn't think it was the worst movie in the world. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this. I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie ever made either. Now, are we talking Marvel Studios, Marvel what? I would say I would say within Yeah, I would say within the current previous MCU, uh, and I'll include in that the whole movies, and I'll include in that maybe the Fantastic Four movies, previous ones. Well, we've got to include Ghost Rider one and two. We've got yeah. to include, and this is far this is far better than Ghost Rider one and two. Really? Yeah, it's better than the second Hulk movie. It's better than Iron Man two. Um, it's better than Thor: Dark World. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go there. For like, I genuinely. I genuinely thought some of the scenes were, were fantastic. I thought that the storyline between Matt Smith and uh, and Jared Leto's characters, between oh, Lucian, this is his real name, Lucian and, and Michael, yeah. I really, I really liked that storyline. You know, I liked the fact, you no, know, I, I think they maybe could have elaborated a wee bit more on the, you know, the childhood closeness that they got, got to, because you only got to see about two or three scenes of that. And it kind of felt a wee bit vague, um, you know, it was it was a heartfelt kind of relationship that they had between each other you know both yeah. of them suffering this deadly disease and you know michael then creates this um this blood this this, this fake blood that can keep them alive and you know yeah so we've Sorry, we jump back 25 years to see that he's got a disease from birth, makes friends with Milo, he's got Jared Harris, the better Jared in this film. I'm stealing Matt Commode's line, but Jared Leto isn't even the best Jared in this film. Um, and then we jump forward again another 24 and a half years, assumingly, where Michael Morbius is rejecting a, a Nobel Peace Prize for creating artificial blood. Uh, yeah. Useful enough, the blood is blue instead of red, which gets you around a, 12, uh, a PG-13 rating. Even though it was rated fifteen in the UK, anyway. This is like this is like one of them things that annoys me about the movie. You know, you can pick these things out. I would much rather have seen them reject the Nobel Peace Prize. So, so they go, they go to the, they go to the, the, the lengths of filming the scene with Jared Leto on stage for the Nobel Peace Prize. Jared Harris does this, you know one minute speech about what he's done within his life and stuff like that. There, then we get to see him stand up on his crutches, and then it cuts away. And it's like, and then he starts talking to a little girl and saying, oh yeah, I'm in trouble because of what I did at the Nobel Prize. You know, oh, I can't believe you insulted the, the king of Sweden or blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of like, what did you do? And then, you know, the Martine comes in and then, you know, uh, she comes in with a newspaper and it's kind of written as the headline across it, but you can't really see. And then she talks about it for like two or three seconds and then they move on. And it's like, well, well, hold on. <laughs> I would like to have seen that scene. Well, I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd like to have... The, as I said at the beginning, this has been chopped to hell. So yeah. we, we see at the beginning, assuming he's, he's already found... See, I thought, okay, this, this might be doing something different. We've gone straight to Costa Rica, Ireland, by 
bite from a bat later on let's explain what happened get into it you know what i feel about origin films mm. but no we go about 25 years then we go for 25 years and then it's oh why did you do this oh because i needed this and here are my bats well where did you get them from first time that you've just mentioned they're a bat catcher didn't even click that it was a bat catcher i don't even know what it was but, but didn't, didn't even catch any bats because they all got well, they did, they did and, because they're in his big whirlwind yeah thing. yeah but then even even and i know we're not getting past even the first scene of this movie no, here like, no, no, no. but but when he's catching the bats the the, the helicopter guy is so afraid yeah. Like he turns, he turns around and says, you know, I'd, I want to get paid now, just in case you know you die or something. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he hands him the money, and then the helicopter guy, the bats come out. They all get back in the helicopter and fuck off. So how the They've... fuck did how the fuck did he get out of there? No idea. No idea. And, um... let's, and hold on, and let's be honest. Let's be obvious with this. He's in crutches at the stage. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is. He, yeah. Yeah. So he's in crutches. So he. <sighs> It basically is looking for uh, a cure to his. Did we even get the disease named? Anyways, he's got a disease, and happens his best friend does as well. We'll come on to that in a minute. But he, <laughs> oh, how inconvenient! How convenient, and uh, his, how, uh, and his best friend's a billionaire. But you know, yeah, yeah, it's like every cliche there. Yeah, it wasn't a bad film, right? But I hold this in as much disdain as I do for films like Dark Phoenix. For the Dark World, yeah, kind of, right? Northman was guilty of it as well. It was guilty of doing the same old tropes, the same old story beats, just told in a different way. But you know what? They did it well. This was, right, let's just, let's go through it. And I can see, if, I know I'm, I ain't got examples here, which is really undermining my argument, but Crazy Doctor needs a cure for disease. Flashback 25 years ago where he meets his best friend who becomes his arch enemy. Flash forward, experiments on himself. It goes wrong in a secluded location where the people holding him get picked off one by one. Gradually learns to use his powers. Best friend gains those same exact powers as he does. They have a confrontation of it. You work out he's a superhero. It is the same shit we have seen over and over. And there was nothing unique or creative yeah. about this but you could substitute, you could substitute things like best friend you know even look at the hulk movie with tim roth substitute best friend yeah. to military you know aggressor you know yeah. it's just it, it is it, it's the same tropes and i think i, I am, said let's let's go all right let's keep going iron man yeah the exact same he gets an iron man suit um well, oh, venom God. it's venom venom but in both venom films yeah. it's just up against an alternate version some films um even captain america winter soldier they're both super soldiers they're always about setting them against their opposite and there's never a there's, like i said there's nothing unique and and that's what annoyed me about morbius it's a hundred million dollar film it's a marvel studios film now i know that's not mcu but they've got enough juice now they've got spider they had spider-man no way home off the back of this or before this or wherever the slate went that's a, a billion and a half movie that they've got, that they've got that character, that franchise, this universe, whatever you want to call it. And then the Sony looked at this film and went, yeah, this is worth it. And they didn't. And I said to you, it got dumped into January. Yeah. Then it got dumped this week because they had absolutely no no faith in it. Yeah, and that's what I was just about to say to you. Do you think that, do you really, do you believe now, you know, with 100% certainty that that was the fact? Yeah, I would I do as well. If you look at the difference between the trailer and the, the final film as well, we had this, um, I mean, D, Sony and D, Sony and Marvel are 
you know, out of it. DC, Justice League, Suicide Squad, they did the same. Um, there were scenes, all sorts of different scenes in the trailer, even just scenes of sort of Matt Smith walking down the street in one point. Uh, there was a sort of form of bat radar that would be used different to the film. Um, one of the Dr. Michael Morbius, you know, where he tells somebody is Venom um jokingly and then he does a joke afterwards that's not in there in the trailer you've got the oscorp building that never shows up um jared harris was chatting to somebody you actually see a film with therese i mean therese god what was bless the point? him what was god the point bless therese what was the point work. i just it, saw it him is, and i just thought good for you therese it is lit- you. but it is literally they they just threw two detectives in this let's try to make it a semi-detective story therese walks in and i'm like oh here's the comic relief no no Therese is playing Vin Diesel, and mm-hmm. in comes his bloody mate, who's cracking wise about vampires. Al Madrigal. Oh, but they weren't even funny. But they weren't, weren't even funny. funny. Weren't even funny. Um, that should have been like a Josh Gad or something. You know, somebody who can actually make jokes and be funny. But uh, there was a scene with Therese with a cybernetic arm that wasn't in the final film, and we'll come on to it in a minute. Everything with Michael Keaton. Um, yeah, yeah. So but they this... have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, so they've got this film and they will have chopped it up and chopped it up. I don't know why, because I think you could have got away with making this two hours. And yeah. I'm not saying, this is like the novella version of what a novel should be. They've condensed the story down into an hour and a half when it really needed an extra half an hour. But do you think it might have been the fact where they decided that they were going to push it back twice because they seen, you know, the cuts of it and they knew that it wasn't going to work. So what they did then was they took out everything that was going to further the story or make people go, oh, I wonder what happened with fucking Tyrese's metal arm. And they just took it all out and went, we're not touching this again. The other thought is this was supposed to come out in 2020. Yeah. No, 2019, I think. Not when was it supposed to come out? Anyway, it was supposed to come out. I think it was last year, round about the... Uh, yeah, 20, 2020 when pandemic kicked in, it was supposed to be out that summer. So it's two years have gone by. Two years of Spider-Man: No Way Home, Venom, uh, Venom Two. Sorry, um, you've got you've had blips and stuff going backwards and forwards through dimensions. You've had Doctor. Now you've got Marvel Studios as Doctor Strange coming out with this multiverse, and and it really wouldn't surprise me if Marvel Studios have said, "Get rid of that. Get rid of that. That doesn't make sense anymore." Yeah. That should have been like when he said, "I'm Venom." I, I think it's if even if he had used that joke now, it's kind of like, how does everybody know who Venom is? Yeah, even Tom Hardy's uh, Brady Brock's ex girlfriend didn't know Venom was still around in Venom Two until halfway through the film, so nobody knew of Venom. He's not a, a, a star. He's not a fucking you know an Avenger. Yeah. So so maybe they're getting rid of them just because it sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, now there was a couple of times in this where I thought okay we're going to see some bit cool but you know this is going to be us being introduced to the superhero Michael Morbius right and okay he sees the guy paying with counterfeit money in a cafe and I'm there thinking is this when he stretches his legs and he decides to become a a real vampire hunter or whatever, you know, he's going to become a superhero. No, just steals the lab. <laughs> steals the lab, breaks the bones. 
Yeah, it is. It's just one of those scenes where I'm just like, they're they're trying to have this kind of heartfelt conversation. He overhears a conversation about fucking counterfeit money and him going, we made this in the lab. And he's like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll take his lab. And yeah. then, he, then he goes back to the lab and he changes all the stuff to make counterfeit money into a lab that is fit for him to mix his blood. I think he's making more blood, yeah, or trying to make a cure for himself. No, so no, sorry, that's no, that's what he does. He makes that solution that he's going to use to kill, um, yes. yeah, to kill Matt. So counterfeit money, a printing press. Yeah. So he takes he the printing press apart and you know makes all this a, stuff, and it's he is like a genius. It's like wow, okay. I didn't know he was an engineer. There was that that bit didn't come out in the movie. Yeah, you knew he was genius. I didn't know he was an engineer. And. There's another scene in the, again, we're going to go down to the nitty gritty of it. He's in prison at one point. Matt Smith comes in as his lawyer. Your mm. lawyer's here. What? I don't even have a lawyer. And it's his friend. Wow, we've seen that one over and over and again. And can we, can, we can we get past the fact that the two prison officers were looking through the window of this prison and they didn't see Matt Smith put in a bag of blood or they didn't search him no. and they allowed him to leave his cane in the present cell. Yep. You, I've visited people in prison, right? If you take a cane and a bag of blood in, yeah, you're going to have to leave with that cane and that bag of blood. But then, <laughs> you know but then I mean? they give they give that like the they, way give, like, <laughs> they give off that impression. They give off the impression that you know this was the 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 moment where he found out that Matt Smith obviously had taken the serum uh, when when he would have taken it or how he would have gotten it. Who knows? Because we didn't we we don't we didn't see that. But did he walk in with the cane and an obvious limp? And yeah, because he, he Kaiser Soze'd it walking yeah, out. Yeah, and then he Kaiser Soze'd it walking out, and he, then he, you know, had it walk outside the prison. If I was a prison guard, I'd be highly fucking, you know, suspicious. Of, yeah. Well, obviously the search didn't go too well, you know, but if this guy who was walking with a fucking massive, massive limp with a cane came out of the prison cell without a limp and without a cane... Matt Smith seems to be the only person in this whole film that realises how ridiculous it is and just goes yes, with it. Yes, and he seems to have had an awful lot of fun doing this. Yeah. And and again, he's probably the best thing about the movie. But I will say, but I but I will say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Having somebody like Jared Harris in this movie and having him his on-screen time to be less than 10 minutes is a fucking disgrace. Yeah. He is like he, he's up there as one of those sort of don't get the recognition he deserves. He, mm-hmm. he, he really is. He's, he's a fantastic. Actor. I would, I would, I would put him on the same on the same level as Anthony Hopkins. Really? Genuine, genuinely, like I fucking love Jared Harris. I think he's amazing. So, what do you think of the actual the the Morbius special effects? The effect of him. So uh, again, I I actually quite enjoyed the special effects. I I thought that they were actually good. Well, I, I, do you know what? Again, I loved the fucking opening sequence as well. You know, all the st- and even the end sequence. You know, give off that impression again of like nineteen eighties kind of style of stuff. And mm. I love I love that kind of shit. Um, well, but, shy in a minute, but. but the uh, but the. Um, the phasing of of the character and you know him finding out his his powers throughout the movie finding out that he he doesn't actually fly but he glides kind of thing you know yeah but it, he can manipulate the sound waves or something or yeah but he's like 
he's sat in his office and he's like, oh, I need to figure out what's happening. Wait a minute, maybe I have bat radar. Yeah, oh, I do. That, that, and he's like, yeah. Matt Smith's running towards me. I need to jump in front of this train. Maybe I can glide. Oh, I can glide. It's a cheap version of, you know, Tony Stark trying out the Iron Man suit. You know, it's a, it's a cheap version of that. But the situation warranted him. He used his genius when he was flying too high and he, and he used the de-icing process on the, the suit to, to drop him back down to earth, for example. And he'd use all his different gadgets and gizmos to get him out of trouble that occurred. This was like, he's like, oh, I need to fly now. Oh, I can fly. I'm off. And, and he, he just didn't feel earned. Yeah. He, he was very lazy. It yeah. was like, he's at the end of the thing. Now we need to show everybody he can fly. How does he realize it? Well, he thinks to himself, oh, I can fly. <laughs> it's so fucking lazy. It's, it's, it's lazy. It's crap. It's crap filmmaking. The, the effect of him. And again, we've let her to come out and say, I didn't want to use practical effects. I really like how CG can be used. Yeah, you didn't fancy sitting in a fucking makeup chair for six hours every day. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to say to us. Just be fucking honest. It looked good. I like the color scheme of the, like, say, the almost the bamfin like X Men Two, um, where you know for Nightcrawler from X Men yeah. Two sort of appearing and and whatnot. I I, I thought Matt Smith. I, I would have much preferred a different kind of villain in this to another vampire. It's, it's, yeah. again, it is uh, yes, of, yes. I think it was like a kind of like a, a cheap kind of out, but I, I I think Matt Matt Smith played it well. He did. Matt Smith played it well, but I, I mean the character. It's always the same. It's, I can't think of another way that you could have put a villain into that movie, though. I'm sure the Morbius comic books have plenty of villains in the backstories. Back there could mm. have been another villain other than another vampire. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who but then dances and sings around. <laughs> and so, then we get, but then we get to the end. No, 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 no. no, no, we're, no, no. We're before we get to the end. No, no, no. Before we get to the end, there's just one more bit I wanted to pick up on. Right? Is this? Does this involve her? Not at the end. Right, okay. Okay. So we're towards the beginning, he says, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this bat blood and it's gonna fill in the things and it's the we've got to use a vampire blah. And she's like, So yeah, so you you're gonna put a vampire bat's blood into yours? Yeah, okay. And nobody goes, This is how vampires are made. It's like vampires just don't exist in that world. But then when the FBI guy turns up, what I'm trying to say is... It's I, like the way you're, I like the way you're talking as if vampires do exist. <laughs> but what, are they, what are they, crazy? Are they no, crazy? But, we all know if we put vampires no, 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 in but our the blood concept, and vampires. The concept of vampires exists. Yeah. But we now know that this is a different universe. So maybe... But we've seen too many vampire films in this universe, in our reality, to know that this is where it's going. And not once does anybody go, this is how you make fucking vampires, dickhead. What are you doing mixing bat blood with your own? If anything, you're going to get Ebola. You know what I mean? Or fucking COVID. You know, that's how shit like this is made. Not once does she stand there and go, maybe that's why it was. Maybe that's why it's been delayed so much. Maybe. Bats, you know. But, you know, he sat there. He's this genius doctor. He goes, yeah, I'm going to use a vampire bat's blood and put it into my own. And nobody, nobody goes. He says, he says it to his mate, to his nurse assistant, to everybody. His mate goes, oh, yeah, I'll give you all the money you need. Just go and do it in international waters. Nobody just thinks, do not think this is a fucking stupid idea. <laughs> Go on then. So this is his... Um, yeah, so the end. His, uh, the... Doctor, uh, Doctor Martin Bancroft, played by uh, uh, Adria Ajona. Mm-hmm. Oh, expert, expert, expertly said. Thank you. Um, I, it's just one thing that I picked up on. Mm. So 
so is he a vampire? He's a living vampire. Right, okay. I don't know what that means. Because I would have been led to believe that, you know, these two guys, Matt Smith and, and, and Michael Morbius, for maybe the last 25 minutes of the movie are fighting their way through whatever city it is, maybe New York. And Matt Smith is biting everything that moves. Like he is, he is biting everything that moves. And, you know, he doesn't get really the opportunity to drain people of blood. Like he, he, he takes enough and moves on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's going through enough people. So the end sequence is obviously she, she bites his lip so he could see blood and so he could actually taste human blood so he could be the strongest Michael Morbius because he was always tentative about taking human blood. He wanted to use the fake blood, but yeah, the fake yeah, blood yeah. doesn't give him you know, enough power. The shit that Blade did. Okay, yeah. carry on. Yeah. So then, seen it in Blade, but so on. then he bites her and we're led to believe that she is dead and she has sacrificed herself so that he will be able to have the power to stop Matt Smith. Mm. And then we get the final where she's awake and she opens up her eyes on the top of this building. And they're red. So does that mean that there's a whole pile of vampires just running around that city? Well, yeah, that's the assumption. Um, Martin Bancroft, let's have a look. He's that uh, girlfriend to Michael Morbius. Uh, she did a bunch of experiments with him. Right, here we go. Uh, she sought to become a true vampire and succeeded in hopes of spending eternity with Morbius. She encountered Peter Parker when he became a senator. Oh my god, there's too much. You know, fucking comic books are insane, man. Um, basically, she became a vampire and became so she's like Electra. She's like, okay. I think she's she's Daredevil's Electra, she's Morbius's Electra or whatever. Um, I keep thinking back to bits that I just started laughing at in the cinema and two people turned around and stared at me at one point. I'm like, what is funny? <laughs> the um, <laughs> So the first, uh, the first people get killed um, and then the nurse gets killed in the corridor and that's where you think it's Morbius, but it's not, it's Matt Smith, mm-hmm. Milo. <laughs> And you just hear her over and they sort of sat there, FBI, Therese. Good for you, Therese, getting a job. And uh, they sat there and he goes, yeah, we've just found a nurse dead at the hospital. She's totally drained of blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. God. I've got one as well. I've got one as well. When they go into the, the hospital and they're going to question uh, the nurse, or they're, sorry, they're questioning, what's her name? Martine Bancroft. Uh, Bancroft. So they go in to talk to Martine Bancroft and like they talk to her for like, like 20 seconds and then they go ah well well that's enough that's enough question of this girl let's go they're like you've you've not asked her anything <laughs> like she's she's very awake and and she's very conscious and yep. she's and she's been found alive amongst a whole pile of dead bodies and yeah. she's a scientist in the middle of this fucking big experiment room and you've just asked her like maybe a question she's got a bit annoyed and you've went oh god best not annoy her uh let's go <laughs> let's go <laughs> it's just it, it's this lazy script writing but those lazy I, I, I would suggest that those two police officers or agents or whatever they are it's literally just been thrown into the movie because they they think to themselves there has to be some kind of detective arc to it. there has to be some kind of counterpoint Venom, Venom too. Yeah, of course. Ghost yeah. Rider. There's always a cop, an FBI agent, a DEA agent on the trail of the guy. And at first he thinks he's hunting down the guy. 
but then it turns out he's not actually hunting these. He's really the superhero, and it should be the other guy that they're hunting. And he turns and helps him in the air. Fuck off! It's the same shit over and over again. There's not. It's the final fight. What happened? There must have been about twenty minutes cut from that. Aye. I am not having that. A battle between two vampires is that pathetic. <laughs> and we all know that you live in this vampire world, Paul. You know, I'm just you know, saying, I've you know seen all this vampire from, lore. But you once said, right? Give you five hundred million and seven years, and you can make a decent Justice League film. Hundred percent, right, Paul? I'll say it even better than that. I would make the greatest <laughs> Justice League film. <laughs> what I'm saying is, if you're given hundred million and told to go make a film about the living vampire, what would you do? Would you just come out with the same shit that you've seen before and but what's, you know what's, it's bankable? But what's annoying to me is that they've sat on this movie for next to two years, mm. and all they've done, well, what they've appeared to do, is just cut shit from the movie. Yeah. They've cut a lot of this out. And we're going to come on to this in a, bit, in a minute now, actually. Well, let's talk about it now. So I mentioned last week or week before, we do have an episode up last week, uh, Dream Sequels. Give that a listen if you haven't already. Um, where we uh, discussed or I started telling you about the um, the post-credit scenes, which were actually discussed by Sony executives and the director um, of this abomination, Daniel Espinosa. They actively discussed the post-credit scenes with the press before this film came out. Right, so the the two post credit scenes from I I didn't even believe it or not I didn't hang around after the film finished really I just got straight fucking out of there. Um, one is that we see Michael Keaton's tombs, Adrian Tombs Vulture, um, get get transported through dimensions into a prison cell yeah. in this universe. Hmm. Um, the wardens basically say, "You're not supposed to be here." So no, no, it's not like go. that. It's it's oh, it's a it? it's a news reporter, um, and it's like done as like a like a TV you know report. A man has just mysteriously appeared in a prison that was that was otherwise vacant. Um, news is that he will be released immediately, and it's kind of like, okay. Well, first and foremost, these kind of worlds live counterpoint to each other, so there could yeah. be. There will be two Adrian tombs in this world. Yes, I'm assuming Within, there is an Adrian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so there will be an Adrian tombs in that. Dimension. So if I was if I was the other Adrian tombs, I'd be I'd be very very you know uh, anxious to, to know why that and somebody of my name and my body and my face. Well, they don't have your body and your face because if you think Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield and oh, Tom Holland, yeah, all you're right. yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right. So there will be an Adrian Toomes, but in that world, it could be a fucking painter and decorator from yeah, Cheltenham. Yeah. No. Um, so he appears in a jail cell and they go, you're not supposed to be here, so we're letting you go and yeah. let him go. And he get he makes some like comment of, I think I could have a lot of, a lot of fun in this world. Yeah. And he yeah. knows straight away though. He like, yeah. He knows, like, literally, when he blips in, he knows straight away that he's in another world. Yeah. So then then the next bit, uh, the next post credit scene, I think, is this one that comes after the 
all the credits have ended. It, it wasn't. No, it, it happened. Oh. It happened after 30 seconds more. 30 seconds of you know seeing all the fucking uh the main star stuff yeah. and you, so, you know usual marvel you have to wait through everything yeah, yeah, yeah. literally when the movie ended jared leto morbius espinoza yeah. boom that was the first one and then it went into the other Everybody's cast names. and then it went but, into the no 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 no. went into the oh. big name cast bump 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 then it was another one and it was like whoa okay <laughs> and the second one is morbius walking down the road no he's Driving his driving. car, oh, in, it, it's driving a sports car into the right. desert. In the desert, right? Okay. And Morbius, uh, Vulture comes flying in. Never takes off his headpiece, which no. uh, which suggests, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Keaton didn't want to come back for these reshoots. Uh, and he basically says, "I'm thinking of setting a group together to go and kill Spider Man." Uh, yes. Yes. So, but Jared Leto never the character. It does. It said within something that I wrote as, or something that I read that Jared Leto kind of agreed to go with him. There wasn't really much of an agreement. It was kind of well, we'll see what that is, and then that's the end of the movie. So we've we've got Vulture, who in this universe was in prison, so he had none of his tech. He'd already come to the belief that he's got a good understanding with Tom Holland Spider Man because he saved his daughter numerous times and his own life so we refused to give him up to scorpion in mcu he's then been transported and suddenly he's like i want to kill spider-man yeah. and he goes and makes the tech that was all it, like it's identical it's all chitari tech so he's got all the chitari tech from a, an invasion that may or may not have happened in this dimension probably didn't because they don't have avengers and then, I, I just, no, nah, man. Yeah. Uh, do you see it where makes, I'm coming from? Yeah, it, it makes, makes no, no sense. It makes no sense. This is Sony. And again, they have been given this, well, they, they've bought this, the rights to this incredible character and such a massive array of characters. Or, you know, rogues gallery. And MCU, it's like, imagine... Um, the MCU have got Sony and their kid. Sony is their young kid on a bike, and you've taken the stabilizers off your films, Spider-Man films. And the MCU were just pushing them along, going, "Yeah, we'll do Civil War, and we'll do Endgame, and we'll get you a Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, we'll help you with Venom. Don't worry. Yeah, come on, okay." And then they push them off, and they go, "You're on your own." And they get to Morbius, and they try doing a wheelie and fall off. It's like, yeah, but it's like it's one of those. Got, as soon as they're doing this on their own. The fuck it up. Yeah, Sony are never, ever letting the Spider-Man rights go. Like, nah. Like, it's never going to happen. Not a prayer. And Holland's still in MCU, but I... Uh, there's been suggestion, uh, there's heavy rumours that there's going to be a Craven, Craven the Hunter film. Again, the only mention of Spider-Man we had in this film, the one, even the, the posters and the wall vandalism we saw in the trailers... It was just mentioned in the Daily Bugle. It wasn't yeah, even the web. They yeah. didn't even mention Spider Man. And they tried to mention the Daily Bugle as much as oh, they yeah. could humanly possible. There was a, um, a front page as well, if you notice in the top right corner, it was about uh, the chameleon strikes again. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a chame- the chameleon is going to show up at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like somebody from Mission Impossible that wears different masks or something. Like yeah. Um but we, like I say, we're in this position now where they are building up a, a Sinister Six, which is going to be fan favorite Venom. 
good guy slash bad guy Morbius, Vulture, and we've got three others, you know, Craven, Chameleon, and I don't know, Scorpion. It's not exactly Dr. Octopus, Goblin. Yeah. No Way Home was a better Sinister Six film than that one, even six of them. A hundred percent. That 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 was the Sinister Six. I think Marvel, MCU kind of went, <laughs> fuck you, we're going to do it first. Well, I, I would be very surprised. I would be very surprised if they went down this road with Morbius. Like, I'd be very surprised if they make another one. And But I will say this. It does not deserve the 16% that it has on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah, I was going to ask you about that as well. So it's, uh, yeah, currently it's 16%. Audience rating 71, right? Yeah, that's not right either. <laughs> yeah, that's not, no, no, that's not right either. I've got a feeling a lot of the audience score comes from a pushback against the critic score. Potentially, yeah. You get a lot of Jared Leto fans, you get a lot of Marvel fans who start bombing it. And I, um, Rotten Tomatoes, for me, the critic score, I think, can't be manufactured as much as easily by the general public as yeah. the audience scores can, but that's just my opinion there. But Dark Phoenix is the other one that I kind of had this in the same, roughly the same ballpark with. 22 from the um, reviewers, 64% from the audience. So there's a big gap there between the films that the reviewers are saying are shit and the audience that are saying we really enjoyed it, we loved it. But Dark Phoenix was another one. And again, it's it's a well-made, technically well-made film, but they just dropped the ball on one of the easiest fucking things you can do. Mm. It's a fucking vampire film. So I think this answers the question as well of where do we go forward uh, in the MCU? Because I think it's a, officially confirmed now this is nothing to do with the MCU. Yeah, yeah. And I think we should go forward. Maybe Sony needs to consult a lot more with Marvel <laughs> on their movies. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a no-brainer for this to be um, Andrew Garfield's world. Yeah. Feels like an absolute no-brainer. You've still got Oscorp in there. You've got all those villains set up, you know. You, you could have Dane Hahn come back if you want and, you know, fill the gaps and use Michael Keaton and people like that. Um, I think they need to use an established Spider-Man. They, they cannot go, they, they can't go the way of um, just reintroducing a new Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so they've, they've, I think my, the MCU did, did a lot of easy work, did a lot of the heavy lifting by bringing Andrew Garfield back for, for No Way Home. You've got, an, and I think it's shown a lot of that nostalgic love for him. I think Toby Maguire, I, I, let him go retire now. Let him go. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, I think he's got another one in him. And to have his Spider Man in this world, have him go up against Venom, because I think that could be quite fun. Tom Hardy and Andrew Garfield, I think they might have a bit of a connection there. But very much, MCU need to just say to Sony from now on, you've none of your dimensions are coming over into ours anymore. You've got yeah. your, we've given you three or four years, well, we've given you five years to build up characters, build up rivalries, build up Spider-Man, whatever you want, and this is what you're left with. Uh, a shit Morbius film, two Venom films, um, and New Mutants. Well, well no, no, New Mutants wasn't theirs, was it? But New Mutants was... Uh, I've never even seen New Mutants. Clowns. Have you not? Shit. Mm -hmm. um, no, that was... Um, come on, help me out. 21st, 21st Century Fox. Uh, so yeah, I, I think sixteen percent is unjust, but likewise, seventy-one is as well. Yeah, laughable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there we go. So, what's coming up 
on the Movie Chef podcast, Com. Yeah, you sent me a list, but I can't remember it. Okay, well, let me pick up from here then. <laughs> Shit, hang on. Um, Stranger Things. Oh, no, that's this week's. Uh, right. <laughs> Professional. Thank you. So, you're doing Doctor Strange 2 opening night? Yes. Right. So, next week, we are going to be discussing 1994. 94. 1994. We're talking Oscars. We're talking the box office. We're talking key films. Pete yeah, we're talking news events, whatever you want. We're discussing 1994. Uh, mainly, it's going to be called about ripping on Forrest Gump for uh, an hour. But we'll potentially, go. yeah. And talking um, about and talking about how my mother took me to see Pulp Fiction when I was 12. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that my mum took me to see End of Days? Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah. Um, following week, not sure what we're going to do. Then after that, so that after that is going to be the first week of May, um, and we are going to be doing uh, discussing Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That is our second birthday, so that's good, that's not a bad film, is it, for your second birthday? Yeah. Um, and the following week is our one hundredth episode, where we will be discussing everything Disney Star Wars. <sighs> Are we going to do the first, first three, second three, last three? A, trilo- a trilogy of episodes? No, we're just doing one. But we'll just, Jesus. We're just doing oh. Force Awakens, Rouge One. How I always spell it, because I always spell it wrong. And the problem is I always spell it Rouge One, and then your phone gets your uh, predictive text, so it always alters it to when you try spelling Rogue properly, it's <laughs> to Rouge One. Um... Last Jedi, which I know hold a place in your heart, and the rise of Skywalker. We're also going to be looking at uh, Colin Trevorrow's Jewel of Fate script um, and looking at which would have been better: Rise of Skywalker or Jewel of Fate. Um, Neither. We are on Twitter, as you probably know by now, at Pod Movie Chef. Um, Instagram, com. Yep. Facebook, we're on there, but we don't ever go on, so don't waste your time. Um, go back and have a listen as well. We say this all the time, but go on back and have a listen to our other episodes. Like I say, last week's episode was our dream, discussing our dream sequels. Um, and we've also had some great interviews recently with Xander Berkeley, um, Jeffrey Wiseman about two years ago now, and Natalia Baden from Ukraine. Um, if you listen to us on Spotify, uh, give us a, a star rating. That'd be lovely if you could. And go on uh, Apple Podcasts if you're on Apple. Uh, drop us a review on there. Uh, but I don't have Apple, so I'm not sure how you do that. You go on to Apple and you review it. Do that. Do that, people. Um, anything more from you, buddy? No, I'm trying to think what I'm going to watch tonight. Okay. It's half it. It is? What are you thinking? Sexy nuns. <laughs> well. Um, we're gonna. I was gonna say, I was gonna try and think of a vampire pun. I was gonna say, we're gonna go suck something dry, but that's <laughs> yes, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> See you, everybody. See ya. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. I've been drowning too long to believe that the tide's going to turn. I've been living too hard to believe things are going to get easier now. I'm still trying to shake off the pain from the 
lessons I've learned. And if I see Van Helsing, I swear to the Lord I will slay him. Ah, 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 he'd take you from me, but I swear I won't let it be so. Ah, 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 blood will run down his face when he is decapitated. Ah, his head on my mantle is how I will let this world know how much I love you. Die. Die.